Technology has been moving at a rapid pace these days, and for some that can be a scary topic to tackle. But with the right guidance and solutions, technology can make a huge difference and make life a lot easier. And joining me to talk about how this fits in with TV production is Gideon Ferber. He's the Director of Product Management and Business Development for Ross Virtual Solutions. Gideon, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, my pleasure. Absolutely. And then we also have Chris Malomo. He's the Manager of Virtual Design Group for Ross Video. Chris, thank you for being here as well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Gideon, let's start off here. Tell me a little bit more about how advancing technology can make life easier in these production settings and how have things really evolved over the last several years to make this easier to implement? So we're talking about uh, virtual solution, um, whether it's virtual sets or augmented reality. And um, it used to be quite quite a hassle to, to build a setup. Um, if looking at, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, um, it was extremely hard and um, engines weren't powerful enough. You needed at least three, four, five different companies involved to create uh, one set. Um, these years, things have evolved and are, are much easier. Um, so there are more and more companies in the market that can actually provide you a full end-to-end -end solution. Um, tracking devices are much uh cheaper to begin with and easier to operate. Uh, the entire end-to-end -end workflow is now pretty simple. Um, this is something that you know we can do. We can do uh, even remotely. We can guide customers to to set uh, their equipment and prep everything uh, over the phone. So um, all of a sudden, it's much more accessible to broadcaster that in the past thought that you know it's oh this is you know way too complicated, way too expensive. We can't approach it. So as Gideon is talking about that uh, added accessibility, Chris, I was wondering if you could kind of uh, help us understand some of the advantage of advantages of virtual productions. What does this provide, and what does this allow that that maybe uh, customers didn't previously have access to? So I, I think at the end of the day, you you end up saving uh, money because you're not having to maintain these hard pieces. You're able to have many different environments in one studio. Um, you can you can pare down the amount of cameras you're using if you wish. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages to a virtual studio. Um, Tyler, one one more comment here. Um, you can also use Virtual Studio to reduce your downtime between shows. Mm. So uh, if with physical sets, I have to get my crew to roll in equipment between shows, if I want to change look, uh, the look and feel of the studio, um, with Virtual, I can just click a single button. And now I'm loading a completely different set, and I have a completely different look. So I can go into commercial break with one set and come back from commercial break on a completely different look. So I'm saving time between shows, which means I can produce more content um, over the same hour, you know, same amount of hours a day. Um, another thing that uh, to keep in mind, um, and that also relates a bit to the to your previous question, um, that's another change in technology. So one of the reasons that many broadcasters kind of avoided virtual uh, for many years is the well, computer game feel that uh, graphics had in the past. Um, over the last, I would say, three years, three and a half years, something like that, um, the Unreal 4 game engine all of a sudden make a huge breakthrough into the market. And uh, being the lead, in my opinion, uh, some people prefer Unity, but I'm not going into personal uh, prefer preferences. Uh, in my opinion, Unreal is 
probably the strongest game today in terms of uh, render quality. So all of a sudden, in the, this last three years, I can now create hyper-realistic looking content. So it's no, not only that I can save, as Chris said, save space, save money, save time. I also eliminate the barrier of non-realistic looking virtual content. So now I have hyper-realistic content that is also extremely efficient. So the combination is, is extremely powerful one. And uh, one last mention here, um, it seems like that almost every vendor in uh, broadcast graphics vendor in the market adopted Unreal as their go-to solution for virtual and uh, augmented graphics. So, you know, it kind of leveled the playing field between all the different vendors. There, We are all using the same quality, the same engine, the same graphic capabilities. Um, yeah, so it made, it made life pretty simple for, well, for the end customer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that, that it seems uh, that, that's standing out to me about what you're saying is that what you're enabling is for creative people to now have these tools at their disposal um, that it, that doesn't take up a ton of time like it used to. And it's easier to work with, easier to implement into a workflow. So now you're giving creative people the tools to actually do better storytelling and create better content, right? Isn't that kind of the end goal of all of this is that there's better content, more content, and it's more easy to create? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, let's let's take just an example. Uh, a customer that we're working with in the Netherlands, uh, I won't name names, um, but they now built a studio with 13 cameras, um, purely running on Unreal, full virtual set, and uh, absolutely amazing studio. Now, if we go just five years ago, that project would have been incredibly expensive, incredibly complex, and in you know this customer, um, well, is using PTZ cameras, uh, Panasonic PTZ cameras, and now you have tracking, you have uh, 4K complete video pipeline, um, and unlimited creativity, and 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 yeah, the, the sky's the limit. It's it's pretty amazing. I think it's a good point. It's as um, as Gideon pointed out all the major players in this industry are leveraging the Unreal Game Engine, which, which gives us near photorealistic rendering in real time, um, which is fantastic. So mainly, so all of, um, all of the people in this space essentially are leveraging that render. Uh, so what becomes important is your workflow around those systems. Um, and as, as Ross works on our wor workflows for news environments, uh, what is nice is that Unreal, from a creative standpoint, is working on workflows to make it easier for creative people to get their content into the Unreal game engine. Um, they've developed Datasmith, which helps people working in Cinema 4D or 3D Max to take their native files and bring them right into Unreal um, and have your lighting and materials and everything come through, making that process much easier. Uh, in the past, we had to bake all of our lighting um, into our textures and reapply them in, in previous render engines, which took a lot of time. And if you needed to change something, you needed to rebake your whole environment. With Unreal, everything's in real time. If I need to move an asset or move something, I can move it right away and I'm right into my show. So it gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really, really good point. Um, Again, it kind of goes to the basic features of, uh, of the Unreal Engine. Uh, as Chris said, I mean, 
things that were impossible up until three, four years ago, uh, dynamic reflections, uh, talent reflections in the studio, real-time talent reflection, real-time shadows, um, dynamic textures. It, it, it sounds funny, but things today, are, you know, you, it's almost a norm, right? I mean, if, uh, if up until three, five years ago, I had to fake uh, talent reflection by using the same video feed, flipping it upside down, trying to mask it somehow to create some sort of re of reflection. Um, today takes like what ten seconds. I'm applying a um, shader on a table or on the surface, and it, it automatically generates the uh, real time reflection uh, in the engine. So, yeah, the the, the Unreal the, uh, Unreal Four platform is a real game changer uh, on on the creative side. Yeah, absolutely. That that sounds like it's it's a massive time saver and it is um, very convenient for users. Uh, Chris, as you have conversations with clients and with customers, how do you help them understand and walk them through the process of finding the solution that works best for them in this world? Uh, it's a good question. Um, there's a lot of different flavors of using a virtual studio. Uh, you could have a trackless environment where uh, you're having a fixed camera on your talent and then you're bringing that talent into a virtual environment and using virtual camera moves um, in that virtual space. Uh, you can have a fully tracked studio, which um, is something that, that Ross does all the time and specializes in, where you can have a multi-camera setup. Each camera is giving you its positional data, pan, tilt, zoom, uh, and focus. And we're feeding that into the render engine and we're compositing um, the talent into that scene. So they, they, they become part of the scene and you see their real reflections and shadows in that environment. So it really depends on what the end goals of the client are. Um, we, we generally meet with the clients, we, we discuss what they're trying to achieve and steer them towards what product um, or what products might be best for them and what they're trying to do. Um, one comment here, um, which, and it's kind of funny, sometimes you know, if we take it to the technical side of things, some customers just missed the, the missed the, the bigger picture. Um, we had a conversation with a customer, and you know we explained everything on the technical side and what can be achieved, and um, how can we modify the design to their likings. And eventually, the project just fell apart. And when we started digging a little bit deeper, um, apparently they didn't like the color yellow. Uh, and the samples we, we shared with them had yellow in it. Uh, so it, it, it's really, you know, it's a really fine line. You need to, on one hand, to customize your, the way you deliver the vision to the customer to meet their expectations. On the other hand, it, at the end of the day, it's up to them. Right? I mean, we can provide a technology, we can assure them that it works, uh, but they need to be able to think outside the box and really push boundaries a little bit more than um, I like this physical desk, so let's copy that and put it in, in virtual. Mm. Yeah, Gideon, that's a really good point because it's it's hard to, um, as people are transitioning from using hard sets and doing traditional broadcasts to using virtual, there, there's something that happens where um, it takes a while, a learning curve to understand how to leverage these technologies and get the most out of it with leveraging the Unreal 4 game engine and what we're doing with Voyager uh, at Ross Video, the sky is the limit in regards to what you can do creatively. You're not 
bound by the laws of physics or by the studio space that you have. You can really create any kind of environment you can imagine. And it's uh, such a departure from the way we've traditionally done broadcast television that it's hard for people to to grasp that. Uh, So we at the at the onset of every pro, uh, project, we make sure that uh, the decision makers, the the creative people that we're talking to about what environments to create, really understand that they're not. We don't need to recreate their hard set studio and bring it into virtual. We can do something completely different, um, and and that that opens up a lot of ideas um, and really helps the client and helps the process to get the most out of what we're trying to achieve in any project. Yeah, you, you know, Chris, you mentioned that, that learning curve there and, and the way that you uh, play a part in, in this process of, of creation with, with your clients. How, how do you help them, I, I suppose, kind of walk through all of the various aspects and all of the various capabilities of this technology? Because it does seem like at, at a certain point, if you were to, uh, to go from uh, a more traditional setup to a more virtual one, that maybe the possibilities seem so endless that it's, it's difficult to nail down exactly what you're looking for. So how do you help them walk through that process and maybe educate them on some best practices? Sure. Uh, you know, we... With any client that we're, we're talking about doing a, a virtual production with, we share a lot of uh, existing videos of other projects that we've done. So people can uh, hopefully quickly get a sense of what can be achieved. Uh, and then we point out some of the, we're always developing new methods and new ways of doing things. Um, I mentioned virtual camera moves earlier. You know, that's breaking from a, from a tracking shot and being able to fly off in space into a virtual environment and show any aspect of it. And of course, that's something that we can't do in the physical world. Um, so it's really about a process of education, sharing um, previous projects we've done, um, really trying to understand what they're trying to achieve and what their target market is. Uh, some clients want to be um, very traditional and recreate what they've done in a hard set, and others are looking to, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, we have clients across the spectrum. We have uh, corporate clients. We have people in broadcast doing news and weather and sports. Uh, we have esports, which is perfect for virtual studios because, uh, you know, game and we're leveraging a game engine to to have these near photorealistic environments. Uh, so people in the gaming community quickly uh, can understand what can be achieved and how to match the look of their game or of their broadcast uh, using a virtual studio. So it's really about it's really about targeting what they're trying to achieve, who their target market is, and uh, educating them to what's what's out there, what's been done, and, and what can be done. Gideon, is there anything you want to add on to that uh, that last question? I think again, it, it's as, as Chris said. I mean, some customers are more traditional, some are out there, um, but in the core, you need to always go back to what the production is trying to achieve. So whether you know what's the actual story the show is about so you know this you can design your studio in any way shape or form you want you probably need to tie it back to the basics of broadcast right i mean uh, if we're talking about data integration if we're talking about blocking shots that would make sense on the broadcast show um so it's 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 on one hand again uh, pushing the boundaries visually but then maintaining the workflow um, of a traditional broadcast station. So, you know, if, if I need now to um, have, I don't know, 15 Unreal designers to run my show, then obviously that's not a viable um, pipeline. So it, it's, again, it's finding the balance between pushing the boundaries on the visual side, but keeping it 
down to earth on the workflow and uh, and control that anyone can actually run it. Um, if I now need to retrain my entire um, station on Unreal, then again, that's extremely expensive, exp um, you know, exercise. So again, that that's the only kind of uh, another angle I think um, on 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 what Chris um, said. Okay, so Gideon, kind of talk me through a little bit more about Ross's workflows and how they can apply to these specific situations and these uh, and these elements. As I said earlier, um, you know, different vendors, pretty much everybody adopted Unreal as the core engine behind virtual set and augmented reality. Um, so really the differentiation now between most of the companies um, is how do you actually control this engine? So Unreal gives you immense power, but as uh, Spider-Man said, with great power comes great uh, responsibility. <laughs> so our approach is um, what it is we're trying to, to do. We're trying to keep the traditional broadcast workflow in place. Uh, designers design, operators operate, um, journalists work in their newsroom environment, uh, lighting directors responsible for the lighting and chroma key usually. So we're trying to keep the same structure in place. Um, you know, for example, and uh, I know we have to keep it uh, more generic, but uh, just a small example from the way we do it in Ross. Um, the same control interface that uh, we have for Unreal is used whether I want to use it in the manual workflow. And I have an operator, you know, triggering the different events in the, at, at different times. Or I can use the same, same software, same UI to create templates that would be exposed in a MOS workflow for journalists in their, you know, in a news gallery. And then each journalist have its own access um, through uh, through a plugin in their workspace um, to any AR or VS, so any augmented reality or virtual set event or behavior during the production. So for them, it's a completely transparent workflow, right? I mean, the same way that they add a lower third to their story, they can now add the virtual monitor dropping from the ceiling and they can populate it with content, whether it's images or video clips or live sources, uh, type the title underneath, define the duration, and that's it. And they'll just save it to their stories the same way that they've been doing, well, since the news workflow was developed. So that, that's kind of the philosophy that we are adopting. So it's, it's uh, the engine is extremely powerful but we're trying to bring it into the traditional workflow so it would be easier to adopt for, for the broadcaster. So Chris, one of the things that Gideon just mentioned that I, th I think is really interesting was that that use of AR, right? And that's this seems like a, a prime opportunity to blend a little bit more AR in with, uh, with physical existing sets, right? So mixing of the two. Is that something that happens on a regular basis? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, augmented reality, uh, we do a lot of augmented reality productions. Um, I mentioned earlier, eSports has been using AR for, for years now in, uh, for some of their tournaments um, in a variety of ways, showing the, the different teams, what the scores are, uh, having avatars from the game walk on stage, things like that. Uh, but AR is great. We, um, you know, we have a team that does um, Sunday Night Football um, for NBC, and they are using AR, you know, like 10 to 15 times a broadcast, uh, dropping 
data-driven stats onto the field and being able to do full camera moves around them while on the field. So AR is a great way to enhance your broadcasts. It's a great way in a studio setting to add um, to add some elements to your existing hard set uh, in either, you know, however you want to do that. Usually it's, it's data-driven graphics using weather or talking about elections or things like that. But um, it's a really powerful way to, you know, take take us out of PowerPoint mode, so to speak, and and be able to visualize data uh, in a different way. So it really helps to enhance storytelling and, and offer a look um, that you traditionally haven't been able to do. Two more, two more comments about AR, because um, that that's actually a really good, really good point. And um, Chris, um, thank you for opening the door here. Um, one, AR is probably the easiest way for broadcasters to go into this virtual world. Um, you don't have to change your pipeline, you don't have to change your set, you don't have to change any of your workflows. You are adding an overlay layer on your existing pipeline. So I don't have to change cameras, I don't have to change uh, graphic engines, I can add an add-on to an existing setup. So this is the usually the easiest way to start exploring this uh, virtual vertical. Second thing about AR, which is also uh, pretty interesting, um, that's a very easy way to generate revenue. So it depends on the market you're in. Um, some places, obviously, you can't, but again, depends on regulation. Um, you can very easily create sponsorships and logos and branding and um, change them per show or change them per segment. Think about, you know, in um, physical sets, if I have to put a floor logo of, uh, of a sponsor, now I'm stuck with it. I can't change it for, and, and, unless I bring someone in to scrape the floor and you know and and, and put a new one in um, with virtual capabilities. I can do that with a click of a button. So I can blend mm. uh, each segment of my show in a different way. So that's a, another huge advantage. Wow. Well, it, it really does seem like there are a lot of benefits and a lot of um, added capabilities through this type of technology. And I think one of the things that really came across from this interview is that um, is that this is not as difficult as difficult to implement maybe as it was in the past. And so people shouldn't be scared of the of virtual technology, but really uh, embrace it a little bit more and, and kind of see what the capabilities are moving forward. Absolutely. Well, these are uh, exciting developments. It's been really fun to get to learn a little bit more about virtual studios and how they can be beneficial and, uh, and the ways that you're guiding your clients to having success with these products. And so, Gideon, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. And Chris, thank you for joining us as well. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.